The High Regard Show. It's... All I said was I slammed my hands on the counter and I said, this needs to stop, meaning her screaming. And I pointed at her and she looked at me and she stopped. And her parents said, are you screaming at a child? Yes, I am. And she shut up. Check out The High Regard Show. New episodes every Monday. Hey everybody, I'm Tom. And I'm Nikki. And this is the High Regard Show. In which we talk about things we hold in high regard. Very high. High above Harlem. Way up on the third floor. Moving on up. Oh, it don't get better than that. No, sir, it doesn't. So let's start off by saying that we got new equipment for this new year. We did. We got new equipment. And it got very good reviews. Yesterday when I went to find out if we needed additional wires and whatnots... I was told from the Guitar Center guy that what we have is probably a little beyond our means, but (laughs) for the price we got it for, we did damn good. Ours is movie quality. (laughs) It is definitely movie quality. (laughs) And sitting between us on the table is about 900 feet of wire. You have a wire fetish. I definitely have a lot of wires. And I tend to keep them for occasions like this. But the only problem is, is that this batch of wires is maybe a little bit too big. It is like I can barely even lift it. You are whispering. I'm not whispering. I'm talking. You're not. This is my voice, man. All right. Just like it's my face. This is my voice. This is the voice that I talk on. You got to find a way to fix both of them then, apparently. Why don't we just get into a you heard before we get into getting into it? (laughs) (laughs) You heard? Okay. This week's You Heard comes from East 20th Street between 2nd and 3rd Avenues. I was on my way to class, and I heard this father say this to his little redheaded daughter. Well, you're just going to have to figure it out for yourself. I didn't raise an idiot. And that's this week's You Heard? That's this week's You Heard, Tom. Which goes right into what this week's show is about, which is parental advisory. And that's part of the reason why I decided at the age of 10 that I didn't want children. Like, I knew. I said to my mom, and this is a true, honest-to-God story. I said to my mom, what do I have to do to make sure that, like, I don't have kids? And she's like, what are you talking about? Like, you're 10. And I'm like, I don't want children. And she's like, well, why don't you want children? I'm like, I don't like them. And she's like, you're 10. And I'm like, exactly. And as I got older, I was like, okay, fine. Like, you know, you give yourself like, well, maybe if I meet the right person or whatever. But I always knew that like, I never, I'm not cut out to give birth to something. Like that the thought of it is just disgusting to me. Seeing pregnant people just makes me (laughs) sick. Like I hate it. Like I I just think it's like, it's so disgusting. And especially the way like, 
I don't know. I just don't like it. Well, I mean, you know, if you said that to your mom, your mom's response should have been just live in a house with a staircase. Oh, my God. (laughs) That's one way to assure that you will never have a kid. (laughs) Oops, I took a tumble. (laughs) But that was like part of the like the thing. Like, what if you have a kid? Like, first of all, what if you have a kid that's ugly? Well, you can't help if you have an ugly kid or not. You can't base whether or not you're going to have a kid based on their looks. What if you have like a stupid kid? Well, all kids are stupid. I know. You have to raise them not to be stupid. And even then, there's no guarantee that they won't be. Exactly. Exactly. And that was the thing. So I thought, like, you can't guarantee anything. So I'm just not going to do it. Especially seeing how, like, some of the kids treated me when I was younger and stuff. Like, I didn't want to have to bring somebody into a world like that. And I sure as hell don't want to bring somebody into a world like that now. Oh, yeah. Well, now it's just insane. But so are the parents. The parents are stupider than the kids ever were, it feels like. I really honestly think that, like, technology has so enhanced us, but it has made us fucking retarded. Uh, uh, yeah, absolutely. So this week's show basically started because uh, I had <laughs> got roped into taking six kids to Washington. The trip hasn't happened yet, but it's in the works for the middle of February. So I'm going to be going down there with six 16-year-old girls. I, thank God, will be working that weekend. So (laughs) I am off (laughs) scot-free. Good for you. I, however, am not. And I got ambushed because I came home from work one night and I was completely wiped out. And I sat on the couch. And you know when, I don't know, your kid asks you for nothing for like a really long time and then you kind of feel obligated? And I... that's what happened, and I feel like I was kind of ambushed mm-hmm. because she. I I feel like she was saving up for this one because she knew that if she didn't ask for anything for like you know a week, then she'd be able to spring this, and I would have to say yes. Which because they're very calculating little bastards. Oh, they are yes. So I agreed to do this, and as soon as I said yes, she went to her room, grabbed the folder, and started saying, "All right, well, here's a folder." Of all these papers that got to get signed up, background checks, everything Right, it's for like a charity, like she's part of a charity organization and this is a trip to go to like some national seminar thing for her her national charity. Which will look good on a college application. I mean, it's not going to hurt her. And it would be nice if it was (laughs) her and I going, but like with another five girls, it's kind of like diminishes what that trip could have been and turns it into like a shit show. Which I'm is already angry be. about it. Like I'm already angry at what I can imagine that that's going to happen. And I'm not even going. You're angry about it. All right. So <laughs> we're sitting there and we're looking through this packet, this packet that we have to fill out to say, all right, well, you know, we can't, you know, um, separate from the group it's not one of those situations where i can let these 16 year old girls go into a convention center and go talk about different ways of raising funds and stuff like that it's a matter of i have to be there for it (laughs) the consolation prize is though i do get a t-shirt well there you go man i've done a lot less for a t-shirt tom (laughs) i know i've seen like (laughs) the uh the girls with low self-esteem videos (laughs) 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 but but you know, I don't give a shit about a T-shirt. Like, I I want her to just be able to go and have a yes. good time. And she's going to be able to go because you're going to be there to be the enforcer. Yes. And that's where things start to get tricky because I told her right up front. I was like, when we get there, I'm like, no one is going to be an asshole because if they are, we're just going to turn around and come back. Now, originally, we were going to take a train down there, which would have been awesome. 
but it would have added $200 round trip from New York to Washington to go on a train. And for like a charity thing, like that's 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 a lot of money. You're asking a lot of parents to lay out 200 bucks on top of, you know, hotel room and food and everything else. So I told her I would see if I can get a car, which I don't have one of. I was going to borrow one from my parents and drive them. And we worked it out where it would be able to fit, you know, let's say four girls on the back. And then just, you know, Mm -hmm. me and my daughter in the front. And we would drive down there. And it wouldn't cost anything except for gas and tolls. Right? Okay. And then this mother (laughs) decides she wants to go. (laughs) I felt like there should have been something after mother. There should have been a word after mother. It's coming. <laughs> <laughs> we don't like to throw that word out right in the beginning of the show. There we was like a pregnant like pause. Right into it. We're going to ease into it. We're going to ease into it. So this mom decides she wants to go all of a sudden. So I told my daughter, I'm like, look, all right, if this mom wants to go, why don't you just go down with her? I won't go. I'm like, because that would be fine by me. Like, I'm only going so you can go. You're right. So, because you got ro- and like, and the real reason you got roped in is because the advisor for this group at school can't go because she has something else going on that weekend. Because this kind of just came up all of a sudden. Yeah, so, she probably has to wash her hair. That's what my excuse is going to be <laughs> in about a week from now. <laughs> so this mom decides she wants to go, and I'm like, all right, well. If that's the case, how are we getting down there? Because now we don't have enough room to fit yeah. all these people. So now we have to start looking into renting vans because this one extra parent can go. So I was like, all right, well, why don't you just let this mom take my place? She can go. Because I'm not going down there for the event. I can care less about the right. event. So the mom decides, you know, she's going to call me up. We'll figure out whether or not we're going to progress with her being part of the process. So the next day comes, and I have work. I go to work. She calls me between 10 o'clock and 1 o'clock three times. And when I call her back during my lunch hour, she is pissed because I didn't get back to her sooner. So already we're on a wrong foot. Right. And I'm like going, look, man, this is a volunteer thing. This isn't my job. I'm just trying to help you out uh, and make sure that your kid can get there along with my kid because they work hard in school. But at the end of the day, I don't really care about you. Right. So I was like, do you want to take the trip over? And her thing was, I don't want to take the trip over, but you're a single guy going down with six girls. It's a little bit weird. So I want to be there just to make sure everything goes okay. So she basically was saying she doesn't trust you with these teenage girls. Pretty much. Including your own daughter. Pretty much. Well, we lived in Pennsylvania. I was going to say, who's the hillbilly now? (laughs) We we did live in Pennsylvania for 10 years, so I could understand her concern. (laughs) (laughs) But I was offended by it, so I just told her outright. I'm like, look, man. In, In her defense, though, like. I could see, like, I would be kind of wary, like, okay, you're just going with somebody's dad. But, like,. I'd still be like, I'm glad that I'm not the parent that's going. Well, that's it. And I would would certainly have called, like, I certainly would have called the parent, you know, like, hey, Mr. Smith, like, blah, blah, blah. Like, of course I would have done that. But, like, I wouldn't have come outright and said, like, I think you're going to rape my daughter. Well, she didn't say it outright, but she definitely (laughs) insinuated it outright. (laughs) So I was just like, look, you can have the trip. And then she she was like, well, it's just, you know, you got to understand my concern. And I'm like, I guess in a way I can. Mm-hmm. But she basically, she wants to come, but she wants you to do all the heavy lifting. Well, that's it. 
So I told her, I'm like, if you want to find a way to come down there, you're more than welcome to. I'm like, I don't know how I'm going to fit you in a car with these girls. I'm like, but if you really want to come down there and you're concerned with my being around them, you're more than welcome to go to the convention. You could put yourself down as a chaperone, go to the convention with them and, you know, and see what it's like to run around with a bunch of kids. Right. This woman does not have a driver's license, so she cannot drive them down. And her immediate concern was the $200 for the round trip train. Mm -hmm. So I had said, well, you know, what are you going to do? That's what it is. And then she's like, well, I don't know if I can get $200 by next Friday. Next Friday? And she's like, yeah. And I go, why would you need that for next Friday? And she was like, well, the trip's next Friday, right? I was like, the trip isn't until the middle of February. Not next Friday. So already this woman is getting completely wrong information from her daughter. Yeah, so maybe she should like be concerned about what's going on in her daughter's head. Yeah. Of your dirty little mind. So of course my thing was, if your daughter goes away next Friday, it's not with me. <laughs> like Because I've been a part of those setups before. Like you, You're not going to... I've done that to my parents where, and I'm sure a lot of people have, where they're like going, hey, by the way, come you know next Friday, we're all going away somewhere. And then you don't. You just go hang out at your friend's house sure. or whatever. Yeah. So who knows what her daughter's thinking? Supposedly she's a good kid, but I don't really care. There's no good kids in my eyes. What's the matter, Nikki? Nothing. Just keep going. <laughs> <laughs> so it just bugged me. So I said, no, it's not till the middle of February. If you want to take over a trip, you can't. If you want to take a train down, you can't. Whatever. So last night we come back home. I'm talking to the kid and she's telling me like, all right, everything's set. You know, we have like the right amount of girls. We're submitting the paperwork. We find out that this trip isn't even approved by the organization yet. So they might not even get an invite to go to this thing. Is there part of you that's kind of hoping that that's what's going to happen? Every part of my being is hoping <laughs> that that is what's going to happen at this point in time. Because I would have done my job as a dad to say, yes, I will go the extra mile and be the chaperone on that trip. But without having the responsibility of having Actually to having be to the it. chaperone and go on that <laughs> trip. <laughs> so. so in a nutshell, this got Tom all in a tizzy, as is pretty much the basis of all of our podcasts, is what pissed Tom off this week. And it happened to be this woman. <laughs> so so here we are, doing this on this thing. about parenting. And this isn't the first time that, like, parents have pissed me off. No, no. Surrey Bob, man. I used to coach travel hockey over the years. Yes. And you were a part of that towards the tail end of it. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of driving. It was very annoying. I mean, it was fun to, like, go and see these kids playing hockey and stuff like that. And, like, it really did, like, I've always been a hockey fan. But, like, to actually be part of, like, a hockey family, like, there's nothing quite like that. Like, you, no other sport. And, like, I don't care if you're an Eagles fan or, you know, your Boston strong bullshit. Like... There is nothing like being a hockey family. No, it's it is like the are, world's fastest sport. You are like rough and tumble, and like it's just like, and like you, you, the team is just like, like it's awesome. Like it's the greatest fucking sport in the world. But here's the thing with hockey kids, you know, like when you're in school and you like get into fights or arguments with certain kids, and like. I don't know, no matter what it is, it, it, you, you get into an argument with, let's say, a preppy kid, right? Mm -hmm. You know that the fight isn't going to be all that bad. You can probably take a preppy kid. Yeah. But it's the dirty kids. The 
dirty kids have nothing to lose. The dirty kids <laughs> are always the ones that you got to watch out for, man, because like you will never be able to beat a dirty kid. Yeah. And by dirty kid, I just mean outright just dirty. Like he's just dirty kid. He's just a like you scumbag see, kid. Yeah. Like you see the pig pen in Charlie Brown, you're like, don't fuck with the pig pen, man, because that guy, he's the crazy one. Go after Schroeder, <laughs> yeah. not pig pen. Absolutely, man. And, and it's it's a formula. And like I feel like hockey kids are the dirty kids given ties. So you put a shirt and tie on a dirty kid, you now have yourself an awesome hockey kid. And that's just the way it is. But the problem is, like, especially when you get to the travel point, those are the only, those fearless people usually have something, there's always something a little bit off about somebody Mm -hmm. who's fearless. Yeah, because it takes a lot of, like, guts to, like, get on skates and then hit somebody else going like however fast one oh, yeah. goes on skates against a board where like chances are you're probably going to hurt yourself too as you're hurting somebody else. And like I certainly wouldn't put my – I can't even wax my own eyebrows. Like <laughs> I, you know like I can't even pluck my own eyebrows because I can't handle the pain. So it's like – Plus you know you're going to get hit. Like you yeah. know there's no way you're going to go out there and not get – like pummeled at some point right again in the but minutes. this is not about our love of hockey cause... no no it's not it's not but but i'm just trying to say like a lot of those kids that like, even though they have something off one of their ways of their parents coping is to just be like you know a drop-off parent where they'll drive up to the rink door they'll be like here's my kid they'll drop yeah. them off and they'll drive away and at the end of it they'll be like how did it go oh my god i can't imagine that and how do you tell a parent that you told their 12-year-old, you're a fucking idiot, or I kicked them across the bench, <laughs> or I threw their equipment onto the ice in the middle of a game. Or All you told them to happens. go, oh my God. <laughs> or you told them to go pulverize number three or something. Well, that's part of the game. You don't have to tell them to go pulverize somebody at some point. I, I just, I can't imagine that. Like, and I mean, I didn't play, like my brother was a football player. I played like t-ball, I played volleyball, you know, and I played like, like the softball, like the little league version of softball and stuff. And like my parents, like, well, my dad always worked, like they owned their own business. But like my mom, in all the years that like I played sports, she missed one game and it was because it was like at this really far school. But like, how do you not go and like see your kid play? My mother, when my brother, my brother went to a Catholic high school. I went to public school. He went to a Catholic high school. And my parents were very big. And to this day, they're still into football. And Michael was a very good football player. All right. But the coach took him out for some, whatever reason. I guess Michael mouthed off to him or something. My mom, for whatever reason, like, just picture, like, a crowded stands. The band is silent. Like, they were playing. Like, you know how they used to sit at, like, the bench and stuff like that? Yeah. And the band stopped playing for, like, a split second. And all you hear is my mother's shrill voice go, Boyle, you stupid son of a bitch. (laughs) My brother's like walking to the bench. And she was seated next to the principal who happened to be a priest. Oh, nice. And everybody turns around and like looks at her. And it's like, that's a sports mom. Like, that's what it's supposed to be like. Like, I know standing on the stand, you know, like standing next to the, uh, the, the glass at the hockey games and stuff being like, come on. Like, yeah. Like, how do you not be there? You do got to be there. You, and and you have to be there for two reasons. One, to like show support for your kid mo- more than anything. But two, to be there so that you can punish your asshole kid when they do something stupid. Exactly. So that I don't have to. Because 
That's when their job, yeah. Right, because it, you're put in a weird spot when you're being told, hey, listen, you're going to be in charge of my teenager for the next couple of hours. And the thing is, parents don't know how their kids are when they're not around them. So they would, all right, so here's, here's an example. So we would get kids dropped off, and we would have practices. And the way our rinks used to work out is we'd have an ice rink on one side, and we'd have a roller rink on the other side of the building. Be- a roller rink. A roller, yeah, man. That was like a big thing back then. And between the two of them was a DJ booth, which would control the music for both sides. Now they would never have the music on on the hockey side during the games or practice or anything, mm-hmm. but during the roller rink side, they would always have the music playing, even when there was nobody there. On this one particular night, there was a birthday party that was happening right next door to us in the roller rink area while we were doing our practices. And when our practice end, this one kid decided to lock himself in the DJ booth between the two Mm -hmm. things and start getting on the microphone and like being a complete asshole. He was like watching the birthday girl go around. He'd be like, oh, look at that. Like, you know, cow with a crown going around the roller rink. Oh my God. And like, oh oh my God. Hey, fat girl in the green shirt, fat girl in the green shirt. And then like, you know, they would, one kid would fall down. He'd be like, look at that asshole. Can't stand up. (laughs) And, and like the parents were freaking out at the birthday party because they didn't know where the sound was coming from. We didn't even know what was happening because we were bringing the kids back to the locker room. This one escaped. He's like an escape mental patient locking himself in a DJ booth and like just annoying the hell out of everybody else who probably paid like a good couple of hundred bucks yeah. for this birthday party. And now their kids are being berated by this lunatic. And now like, you know, they could sue, especially because we're such a sue happy society. They could sue the rink because like because they're ruining their kids yeah. birthday party, even if the kid was pudgy, whatever. <laughs> so <laughs> Whatever. So, you know, at the end of you, you, you get in there because the kid locked himself in. So we had to get security to unlock the door because the kid knew he was in trouble. Like, this is how crazy it was. We have to get a security how guard come in. Um, 11. So, so he was. <laughs> he was a okay, younger one. So he was a complete asshole by 11. So can you imagine, like, how old would this kid be now? 20? Um, probably 17, 18 by now. So can you imagine what a cocksucker this kid is right now? Thankfully, his dad is a very high up politician in the northeast and Pennsylvania oh, area. So, like, he's not really oh, going to yeah. get in that he's... much trouble. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, this same kid winds up being, you know, he would call up the suicide hotline and prank call them and say, like, oh, he'd be crying. Like, it was amazing. This kid would be able to cry on cue. And he'd be crying in the phone saying, I'm going to kill myself. And then, like, after going on and on for, like, 10 minutes of saying how he's going to kill himself, he'd be like, it's because I got my dick stuck in a bottle. And then they would be like, we will call, like, an ambulance for you. And then he'd be like, I bet you would. And then he'd hang up on him. Oh, my God. What a monster. (laughs) So this kid was just, like, a complete degenerate. And you would go and... You know, you'd grab him and you'd be like, I want to put you through a goddamn wall, but I can't because I don't own you. And you would tell their parents and their parents would just laugh it off like it was like a joke. Like, oh, that's funny. Meanwhile, I'd be like, oh, man, if my kid act like that, I would fucking kill my kid if oh, they act like God. that. Oh, my God. I had one instance in my life. And like now, granted, I grew up in the 80s and, you know, the early 90s is when like, you know, I was a teenager and stuff. And I broke curfew because the town I lived in had curfew. 
my friend and I got stuck. We had to get, we got caught by the cops. We had taken home in the back of a cop car. My uncle was the cop that had to bring down because the cop didn't have any like non-traffic citation papers. Aww. So he calls the cop and he's like, Dougie, can you bring down like, you know, whatever form, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh, son of a bitch. I'm like, that's my uncle. Like I'm dead. Luckily, like my uncle did like end up getting me off. But I had to tell my mother the next day when she picked me up from my friend's house. Like, yeah, um. Uncle Dougie's going to be calling you because um, I got picked up and got taken back to my friend's house in a cop car last night. My mom didn't even think. She didn't even, like, and this was the only, like, I was a very good kid because mm. my brother, because my mom, my, my parents were like, you would call them helicopter. Like, my mom kept, to this day, as I've talked about on the show, like, I'm kept on a very short leash when it comes to my mother. But, like, she just thinks that, like, I am just going to, like, I'm not smart enough to wander, like to not stay out of trouble or something. And it's like, I don't do anything. That was the only infraction that I have ever had in my life. And we're driving in her Ford Taurus with, and I'm sitting up front and it's the bench seats. Cause that's how the Taurus was. And out of, I just, and I told her and I like looked at the window, looked out the window and I looked back to look out the front window. And all I see in my peripheral is just her hand backhanding me. Like I just see it coming across the front of the car and, and like my head like went up against the window and I was like, I'm in a lot of trouble, aren't I? She's like, you are goddamn right you are. But that's the way parenting used to be. It's not like that now. No, it's not. And I like, and I don't ever advocate like child abuse and stuff, but like you have to tell your kids when they're being assholes. You have to put a stop to it. We have been around enough bad little kids. Oh. We're like, you need to, like if, if I could have been the person been like, you know what? I'll handle this. You grab that kid, you take it outside, and you like, no, this is not how it happens. You could shake a kid once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> you could shake a kid once in a while. But you got to know when to pick and choose your battle. Like, you can't be the parent that always screams at your kid. Yeah. Because then it just means absolutely nothing when anybody else yells. But, like, you can't be the kid that, like, the parent that, like, reasons with, like, your three-year-old. Like, you can't reason with the three-year-old because they don't even have a brain technically yet. Well, you can only reason with anything if they understand what consequence is. If you never give a consequence, reasoning means absolutely nothing. Because if you try to reason and they say, well, I don't want to adhere to that reasoning, what do they have to lose if you're not going to, like, do anything to them by the time it's all said and done? Right. They know it's the same bullshit at the end of every conversation you have with them. So it doesn't mean anything. So, like, um, you know, I feel like so much has gotten easier for parents over the years with the introduction of technology. Mm -hmm. So, like, you know, we were talking before about, like, sex and drug talks. So like, you know, I'm sorry, what's that? Like, if you know, not just... not sex and drug talks like, hey, there's going to be a party tonight. Just like, you know, you have your teenager. Not the normal sex and drug talk. <laughs> yeah. What used to once be the birds and the bees conversation now has to tie in drugs because that's the society we have become. But the sex and drug talks, I mean, you know, a lot of parents will skip it because there is so much information available on the Internet. You don't really need to have like an in-depth sex talk because chances are your kids are watching so much porn they know more about sex than you do yeah i mean like my parent i mean you know and again like there was no internet when i was a kid or anything like that and like i went to a catholic school so there certainly was no sex education until like i got to high school and by then like it's almost too late yes so like you know like freshman year like the th 
I learned about sex by talking to my friends. Like, I was like, well, what does this mean? Like, you know, because my parents, that was never anything that, like, we ever talked about. Like, we were very, I mean, they are, like, gun-toting Republicans. So, like, it is very conservative and, you know, it's, like, buttoned up. I mean, my mom found out that I was on birth control when I was 25. And, like, the fight that ensued after that was, like... Are you kidding me? I'm like, I'm not even having this conversation with you because like, like you're like, I'm out of your jurisdiction right now. And it was like, I can't believe this. I can't believe this. And it's like, okay, but like, isn't it good that I don't have some illegitimate kid or like some right. horrific disease? Because like, come on. Wind up like it's the so world many we live other in. kids. Yeah. And it's like, it's the world we live in. Right. And I don't think you could just look at kids and say, you don't want to end up like that, and that's the talk. Like, you have to explain why, why? they wound up yeah, like right. that. Exactly. And so many parents don't, but that's as far as they want to take it. I got in trouble because I did the sex talk and the drug talk within a year apart, and the kids were young. I think my son was eight and my daughter was six at the time. That's very young. And uh, see, and that was the thing, and a lot of people were like, all right, listen. You cannot be explaining to your kids, especially in the manner that you explain things, because I was explicit and I'm I would sure say, you were. And, and here's and how long, I would do it. I'm sure. I, well, <laughs> now you're having a sex talk of your own, aren't you? <laughs> Way to dive right in and take control of that. Just in case nobody found any humor in the show up to this point in time, Nikki found some of her own. So that works out for everybody. (laughs) So, like, I would just go and say, all right, look, these are the things that school's probably going to teach you within the next couple of years. And I would say all the technical terms. I'm like, but what you're going to hear on the bus are these words. And I would just use my normal everyday language. (laughs) And I'm like, so when I'm calling somebody a dick, you know what I mean now. You know. And then they would both laugh and I'd be like, yeah. And now let's take cursing out of the equation because you know how ridiculous I sound when I call somebody a dick on the road because imagine that driving down the road and then they would both laugh and it would be like, all right. So, I mean, I did it but in a way a, where it yeah. was humorous. They understood it. It wasn't uncomfortable because humor does break down boundaries and I just wanted them to understand, like, look, man, you're going to go to high school and they'll say they'll have sex education for you. And they will most likely, especially where we were. But at the end of the day, it's going to be so much technical shit that when some of your friends talk to you about certain things, you're going to have no idea that they're talking about the same things. So let's just be open about this. And it's not even like it's it's not even like realistic what they like the way that they would teach it like it's not like how like it should be more frank like it should be more like this is what somebody's gonna say to you at a party or something like that because that's how it happens like of course like nine times out of ten like you're not gonna like yeah it's not when two people really care about each other yeah it's more like when a man loves a woman (laughs) it's more like when a chick gets drunk and a guy sees it or there's going to be some finger banging or oh my god <laughs> what there is this is the well this that's is not how it. that's not how it happens for everybody and that's like but so many for so many it's <laughs> so true like i'm picturing many. so many of my friends <laughs> <laughs> and then they're like hey i think i had sex i'm not really sure 
And then it's like, oh, going, well, kind of. Finger bang is such a really. terrible word. That's such a terrible, like. <laughs> but it's accurate. <laughs> it is. It's a world. Especially when kids do it. All right. Stop. All right. Anyway. So, <laughs> so anyway, so I had that talk. And then, you know, it was like this whole big blow up of how come, how would you think that it was a good idea to talk to an eight-year-old and a six-year-old about this situation and why would you think at age 10 it was a good idea to give your son condoms which I did at age 10 and why did I give him condoms because he came to me and he said there's this girl I really like and like I don't really know if she's my girlfriend or not well just in case dude here's this don't force her into anything ever but if it ever comes down to it as soon as you know that you start to have feelings for the opposite sex you should automatically be given the opportunity to have birth control. Not necessarily to use it right away, but if you have feelings, you're automatically thinking those thoughts. So you should have that on you. So if you plan on acting on it, then you are prepared for it. Not, oh, okay, I'm gonna act on it, and now I'm a parent You know, at age 13, which happens way too often in our society because parents don't want to have these uncomfortable conversations. Especially when shows glorify it. Like, oh, yeah. you know, MTV, like, basically glorified pregnancy, teen pregnancy. Oh, man, MTV. You guys missing your music videos and putting this <laughs> shit on. Oh, my God, fuck it. I'd way rather see some shitty Aerosmith video than one more fucking show of catfish. <laughs> Good Lord. Don't hold back, Tom. Whatever. So as far as the drug talk, I mean, that one's easy. But most parents don't want to have that talk. Because they don't want to think that your kid does things like that. Well, that's it. And I would tell them, I told my kids outright about my drug experiences like in college. I was like, listen, man, this is what pot's going to do to you. This is what speed's going to do to you. Like, this is just what it is. And, you know, I know you're going to try it. I know you're going to do it one day. I understand that. But... My only request is that you wait until your brain develops a little bit more so that when you do it, you don't fuck up your head too much. That's all. Do they listen? No, they don't. I'm not stupid. I get how it works out and stuff like that. Every kid's going to drink. Every kid's going to like want to want to try weed or whatever. It's just a matter of what it is. But you got to explain to them like, look, chances are you're not going to die from pot, but you might die from alcohol. So be careful when you do this one. And be smart when you do the other one, you know? Yeah. Parents don't want to give examples. Like, they don't, they always want to seem, what's the word? More, Head in the sand? Well, I was going to say, they always want to seem above it. Like, they, they, they want to, like, talk down to their kids. Like, look, you don't want to fuck up because you don't want to end up like this. As opposed to saying, look, I was a fuck up. You don't want to be like I was in high school, right? <laughs> Because we were all there at some point yeah, in time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I had a lost, like, I think junior year. I don't have any recollection <laughs> of <laughs> But your mom's the same way. Where I never never heard your mom once say, like, here's, like, something I did when I was younger that was fucked up. It was always like, I don't understand why you had to get a tattoo. You oh, know? my God. Yeah, at 37. Like, I don't yeah, understand why exactly. you at 37 got a tattoo. Where it's like, I'm sure you did some fucked up stuff along the way. You lived alone in Washington for a yeah, few years. Yeah, she, <laughs> she was in Washington, like, working for the FBI, like, as, like, a 20-something in the 60s. And she was gorgeous. So it was like, she would tell me about these dates that she went on with these, like, guys that later on became, like, politicians and shit. And I'm just like... 
okay, so these guys could have been my dad? Like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> <laughs> I could have been, like, a president's daughter? What? Yeah. <laughs> could have been. But then she moved out because of whatever reason, you know? Yeah, but it's like, and, like, that's the thing. But she was, like, like, her thing was always, like, I escaped. Like, she had, like, a really bad relationship with her mom. Like, her mom was, like, evil. Like, just totally evil. But, like, and my mom's not. Like, she can be... She can drive me batshit crazy, That's but she was parent. a great, she was a really good mom. And I think that I'm a really good person. I could be a fucking bitch sometimes, but like, I'm a strong, self-sustaining woman, <laughs> like because of how she raised both my brother and I, Right. you know? So like, we're not dumb, like sure we've done dumb shit and we still do dumb shit, but like, you know, she just was always like, I had to escape this bad life. I don't understand why like you had to. And it's like, because it's called life, man. Yeah. And, like, you can't, like, keep them in a box forever, but, like, when you let them out of that box, like, you have to, like, set them on their path so that they know what's going to happen. Like, we're very open with Tyler. Like, this is what's going to happen, and, like, especially in the world that's going on now, like, in this city that we live in now. Right. You know, like, it things are changing at a rapid pace. Things are becoming very unsafe and scary. I mean, like, I'm scared sometimes, like, of what's going on around us. But it's, like, you have to be prepared for everything. True. And I feel like one of the things that we're guilty of in a way, but loosely, is pushing our religious and political beliefs on Tyler. Like, I feel like growing up, like our parents did it more of a militant way where they made us go to church every Sunday Sunday. and you had to sit in that stupid. Well, I did anyway. I don't know if you did, but I had to go in the bad kids penalty box, that glass fish bowl they put us in where you could see it all. Oh, no. But you it was soundless. But- no. My mother would be caught dead before she took us in the cry room. She was, <laughs> if I was misbehaving, and and I have, and like I've told you this, like my parents like owned a restaurant, and they had a lot of restaurant friends. We would come into the city, and like my brother and I were like very young going to like fancy restaurants that like my parents' friends owned and stuff, and, and things like that, and like, you know, trying out other menus and things. And like we always knew how to behave. Like we weren't running around. We weren't throwing breadsticks at each other. Like we were sitting like... You know, and we like when we were home, we were like messy little kids and stuff like that. But like we knew how to act when we were like we knew how to act based on where we were. Right. You know, and um, I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> well, I could go with my story then. Of course. Because <laughs> the more important story. Well, allow me to retort. <laughs> Well, no, I was just going to say, like, with us, they it was they'd put us in that stupid oh, soundproof room. That's what I was going to say. My So instead... I'm of, never going to get my story you're done. You're not. You're not. So, Whatever. like, how does it feel? How does it feel? It's a very, very lonely place. I know. One is the loneliest number, Tom. Well, get on with your story. <laughs> <laughs> she would, like, pinch us. Like, my mom... Like, if, if I did act up... But how does that like, help, though? well because it makes you scream even more because we were in church and i was getting because like it it's catholic so like church is like forever it's long so boring. it is forever long so boring and the seats are so uncomfortable so i was like fidgeting and she like pinched my arm and i was like mommy why are you pinching me and like that scream that like little kids voices are that squeak so it was like so loud and everybody looked at her and oh my god i got pinched even harder for that i'll bet and then you're supposed to be quiet but you're getting hurt so you can't be quiet when somebody's (laughs) hurting you it's like so messed up they my mom would put me in that stupid soundproof room i'm getting this goddamn story in please do they'd close the door it would be completely silent to the rest of the church which means that 
if you're in the soundproof room with the other loud kids, you should be able to do whatever the fuck you want to do. That's why you're in there. So that you can be loud. They know you're going to be loud. So put you in the goddamn room and let you be loud. Don't put you in the soundproof room. And then when you get out for being loud later on, you get your hair pulled and told your dad's going to get phone call. What do you think was going to happen when you put me in the room with a bunch of like loud kids? If you wanted me to be quiet, you should have put me in the quiet church and hoped for the best. (laughs) Because maybe I wouldn't have been loud if I wasn't with kids that were like throwing blocks and like, you know, ripping up magazines and whipping each other with them and stuff like that. What kind of church was this? It was... It was like a regular white trash Catholic church. You <laughs> can understand. <laughs> you can understand how it works out. It, you know when they say the priests were touching kids? It was one of those churches. Oh, dear God. <laughs> no wonder they were acting out, those poor little bastards. <laughs> Pretty much. It's terrible. But seriously, it's, it's like going, you know, you make rooms for kids to be bad back then. Mm-hmm. And we have taken that and we've turned it into, we now converted the entire world for kids to be bad because you're to a point now where parents are saying we don't say no to our children like you right, if our yeah. kid does something wrong we don't say no to them we explain to them why sometimes you just gotta fucking grab a kid and be like going no because i said so the end i'll explain it to you later but as of right now this is what it fucking is right exactly and (laughs) i remember like when when tyler first moved in with us like that was a big thing it was like no because i said so because like you know it was almost like we were like these alpha females trying to kind of like you know like i was trying to be like, I'm an adult, like, yes, I want to be your friend, and I am your friend, but I'm still a stepmother. So, like, <laughs> there is still just, like, you know, because she was kind of feral when we got her. Like, she was, like, a feral little, oh, like, yeah. like She came from a ruler society. Yeah, she did. She really did. <laughs> she really did. And it was, like, and finally, like, and, it would, and she's a very, like, if she doesn't get into art, like, you know, if she wasn't into art, like, I would force her to be a lawyer because this little snot can argue her way out of anything. Hell yeah. And it would just be like, well, that's not like a good enough reason. Like, I hate when parents say that, like, you know, it's like because I said so. And I'm like, you know what? I'm like, it's not open for discussion. It's because (laughs) I said so, because these are the rules. Right. And we've gotten to like this point where like we have a very peaceful society. We have a very peaceful society. Because there are rules. Exactly. And and it's under and over time they understand the reason mm-hmm. why. You know, because you know, there have been times where the kids would run around, I would, you know, and the my when my kids were smaller, I would never ever hit them. I would always grab their hair mm-hmm. and hold it in a clump. And then when they would go to run around wild around a store, I would just hold that hair and when they would run, they'd pull their own hair. I'd be like, if you're acting like an asshole and getting your hair pulled, it's because you're doing it to yourself. I'm just holding my hand on your head. My, we did my, like, with my dog the same way. <laughs> well, that's how you got to treat a kid once in a while. <laughs> you just got to roll up a newspaper and smack him with it. We had, like, you know, like, Zach had, like, a choke collar because he was just such a bad dog. And it'd be like, and you'd walk him and, like, he'd sound like, <clears throat> and it was like, if you would just heal as you were told, like, you were trained. You know, like it's kind of like the same thing. Labs never learn. They'll go and choke themselves every night. Kids eventually might, but a lab, no way. But yeah, like it's true. And like it's so funny because like my parents, you know, they like they really did luck out. Like 
because we were very good when we were taking places, right. you know? And I mean, like we did, like we'd like poke each other and stuff under the table or whatever, but like we were very, very good. And they even said like as restaurant owners that like back in the day, like you could still smoke in restaurants and they were like, you know, we should do away with the smoking section and get like the no kid section. Okay. Because like people <laughs> like, I hate when we go to a restaurant, we have to sit next to a kid because it's always going to be a parent that doesn't keep their kid in check. And it's like, I don't like, we work very crazy hours. We don't get to go out to like restaurants a lot. Like we like, you know, we used to like we used to because work is crazy right now. Right. So like when we go out and it's not like, yeah. And it's not like we're going to like, what, just like having fancy. on the green or oh, no <laughs> like like we're not going someplace like even if we just go to our favorite burger joint it's not cheap but it's a place that makes us happy but like i don't want to be sitting there having your damien leaning over and like screaming in my ear as i've had like parents letting their kids stand on the booths and stuff and like lean over into our booth and everything like that like well that's it it's there's no common courtesy that's being taught to kids either because there's so much explanation and again, no consequence, because if you're telling if you're telling other parents and teachers, don't say no to my kid. They're not hearing no at home either. Right. So when their kid does something wrong and you're spending 10 minutes explaining something rather than giving him a smack to the back of the head. What again, what is what is it that they're fearing? That's going to make them not do whatever it is they're doing. Okay, so, you know, you get a kid that's hanging over in a booth at a restaurant and, like, screaming screaming in somebody's ear while they're trying to just sit down after working a 12-hour day. And you're the asshole when you turn around and say, excuse me, can you do something? And it's like, oh, are you threatening my child? Are you, this is my child. There's that. And it's also a matter of the parent might, might actually go out of their way and say, listen, we don't do that to other people because they're trying to enjoy their meal. If you're not a parent that has at least some inkling of threat behind you, the kid might just shrug his shoulders and be like, I don't really give a shit what the people are trying to do. I'm trying to get their attention right. and then go right back to it. In which case it just gets to the point where it's like, all right, you win. I'll leave because fuck you. I don't want to be around your kid, but I'm going to make sure that you know on my way out that your kid's an asshole. <laughs> so that the next time we see each other and I kick it, you understand why. <laughs> I've said on a few occasions, like as I was leaving and like, you know, the people with kids that had like really unruly like children who like basically ruined, you know, a nice dinner or a nice lunch or something. I have turned around and said, thank you so much for letting me pay for this horrible lunch that I had because of your family. <laughs> and like and they look the up at you and they just look up at you and they're just like... Like they just look up at you like you're like you have, like I'm like I'm you? speaking something like I'm speaking like a foreign language or something. <laughs> well, most of the time those parents do speak foreign languages too. Although I feel like we are raising worse kids than what Europeans are at oh, this yeah. point in time. Where years ago when we used to hit our kids, we used to have much more obedient kids. Mm-hmm. And and used to be like used to look and be like, Oh, you know, like if tourists used to come into the city, we would say, Of course they're bad because they're from you know, wherever. And, you know, they you could tell by the accent, like, they're just unruly. And now it's our kids that are unruly. We look like a bunch of We look like dicks. animals. And, look- like, yeah, and let's in 15 years from now, the rest of the world is going to hate us even more than they do now. 
For so many more reasons than just our kids. <laughs> well, th- why don't you explain a little bit about the story that you wrote? Because that 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 <laughs> still bugs the shit out of me to this day. There is a bar in Brooklyn um, that got, like, they had a picture that went viral. Because, you know, you hear about New York and, like, when you think about, like, you know, the mommy squad and stuff like that. It's like, oh, the brunch. And like, you know, you go to brunch. Like New York is like brunch is a huge thing on the weekends, like Saturday and Sunday. Like a lot of places do, you know, bottomless drinks. Or you get like two free mimosas or like there's usually like a free drink. And it's like an event and it's fun. Like we've done brunch a billion times and it's awesome. But there is this bar that just had enough. Because you come and it's the women with these double strollers. Because... In the city, you don't have the Mercedes to put in your, you know, in your parking. What do you call it? What is that thing? What do you call what it? Do call, what do you call it? Where do you put a car? Oh, a garage. You like, put it in the remember. garage. Where do you put your car? <laughs> I'm like, I don't even remember. Like, <laughs> on a dusty old road? Is that where you park your car? Actually, Here in the yes. city, we have garages. Go on. I actually had a garage on my dusty road. Thank you very much. Oh, well, this because you were living the high life. <laughs> 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 so, because there's no Mercedes to compete with your neighbor's Lexus or whatever the other fancy fucking car is. We could talk car models all day. <laughs> we could. I, can, I can talk fancy <laughs> cars all day. But let's get back to kids again. <laughs> strollers, like big brand name strollers are like the, like, you know, like they're the, com- the thing that you compete with. So like they all, like you go to like any place and you just see like strollers outside and it's like they're fucking like probably cost as much as like a rent of our apartment. And, these people got sick of like these parents bringing their kids to brunch because brunch isn't it's an adult it's an adult thing people wait all week for exactly and like usually you're waiting for 45 minutes to an hour to get into your place of choice and these people after now this wasn't just like oh we did this and like we're you know kiddist we're we're against kids we're like racist against kids it's like there were incidents where parents would be there chatting because it was all friends of like you know like couples getting together and then like oh ethan and Mackenzie can go run around and those are like my two like (laughs) least favorite names so they can like go run around while like i'm gonna talk to the parents meanwhile their kid is running around a restaurant where there's hot food hot coffee knives adults drinking alcohol drinking yeah like adults (laughs) drinking alcohol first of all so like and second of all as you know through the course of this podcast i i drop a couple f-bombs yes so you do you know and it's so now like i'm in a bar but i'm gonna sit next to a kid and like i'm gonna have to censor myself because you can't leave your kid at home with a babysitter or nowhere. And I understand that like parents deserve to get breaks because believe me, like I'm a parent now. I know that you need your breaks. Of course. But like there's a time and a place. Right. So this bar kept having incidents where like kids were running around and like knocking into servers and they were like, ma'am, like they, they said like in a, in like I read the reports and stuff that like, you know, they were like, ma'am, like, we really need you to, like, have your kids sit down. Like, this is a restaurant. Like, there's people running around. There's, like, people drinking. Like, you can't have this kid. And the parents would just become, like, total assholes. Like, I'm not going to go there. My child's not welcome. So finally, he said, no children. He put up a sign. Like, the owner of this bar put up a sign on the door that said, no children are allowed at all. And like, it's this a, bar. Is a bar. There should this be bar. no children invited yeah, anyway right. at the place. There should not be anybody under 21 in that fucking right. place. So... 
they like, oh my gosh, the mommy brigade like got backlash and blah, blah, blah. So I wrote a story saying like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, listen to yourself. You are pissed off that you can't take your kid to a bar. Like, there's a reason why you can't take your kid to a bar. It's yeah. because it's a bar. And you had the privilege to take your kid to a bar, but you couldn't control it. And now you lost that privilege. Yeah. And if you complain about it, tough fucking luck because they don't belong there anyway. And they're like, you know, and like there's been places where like when where I used to go get my haircut in Pennsylvania, I loved it. And I took a picture of it like so many times and like put it up on Instagram and stuff because every time it was like so funny. And it's like, we are beauticians. Which is a very old school word when you think about it, but like, well, it's Pennsylvania. But it goes. They didn't with this. get the new hip language. Shut up. Yet. Go on. But it goes with this because they were doing like kind of like you know they're like we're not babysitters, right? So it's like I had that on every parent form I ever sent out for any sport that I was ever a part of coaching for kids, where I was like, I'm not your babysitter. If you want me, to, if you want a babysitter, go hire one. You don't get to pay, you know. $35 for a t-ball season and that's your babysitter rate because babysitters get paid more than that I get nothing go fuck yourselves yeah and so I wrote this article and I got a lot of backlash and they were like oh you must not be a parent and it's like no I am a parent I'm the step parent and they're like oh I love when step parents think that they're like just as important as real parents and it's like in some cases example <laughs> present company example like <laughs> yes very much so it's it's, it's a more big, of a parent. It's more of a parent. It's right. You know, because just because you're biological does not mean that you're inept to be a parent. No, is inept the word? Adept. Adept. <laughs> Whatever. It also doesn't mean that you're adept either. It just, <laughs> it just means what it means. Look, man, being a parent is not a matter of you know, hey, I had the kid. I'm going to be a good parent. It's like either you're going to be a good parent or you're not going to be yeah. a good parent. And that's and I'm just a good it. parent. I just don't have the stretch marks, at least from childbirth. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, your pregnancy was bear burger related, so whatever. <laughs> and plus, like I said this to her the other day, too, because I just don't like little kids. I just don't like. Nobody they're, likes they're filthy. them. Like, they're so filthy. They're sticky little hands. Like, there's no like I got my kids at the perfect age. They could take themselves to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> they could tend like you know they don't need like constant attention and well, I that's it. Out. I feel like most parents lie when they say, "Oh, I love being a parent." You can love being a parent when they before they're able to talk and get <laughs> and walk around because they don't do much. So yeah, it's easy. It's easy to love a kid when they don't do much, and it's easy when they learn consequence. Like, but that whole middle thing between just being able to walk and the time that they do learn consequence, kids suck, man, <laughs> because they're into everything. They don't know when to stop. And every parent who says, oh, no, I just love the whole kid thing. You're all full of shit. Yeah, you're all full of shit. It's just what it is. There's people that like I follow on like on Instagram and it's like, oh, my God, I love my family so much. I love my family. Like, and they're always happy and they're just like, oh, my God, I love them. Like, yeah, I know you're supposed to. Yeah. Like, what do you want a fucking medal? Like, right. you're supposed to love your kids. But it doesn't mean that they're good. Yeah. Can we get into a did you know? Let's do a did you know, Tom. It's time. Play that funky music, white boy. Did you know? Did you know? According to the Annie E. Casey Foundation, the number of children under the age of 18 in the United States is at an all-time high of 74.2 million, which may explain why Americans consume 
more than 16,000 tons of aspirin tablets a year. (laughs) Until abortions become illegal, having a child is a choice. And although I choose to have my kids on my own, I did not sign on to raise yours. So if you plan on having a child, please keep in mind that I am not the only one that feels this way. If you are currently a parent who has lost control of their kid, don't be surprised if another adult kicks them across the room and then goes after you if you open your mouth about it. And that is this week's Did You Know? Did You Know? It's quite a show. It was quite a show. And, and you know, before we go, I just want to say one last thing about this whole parenting thing because it kind of sums it up. Because... I had that phone call with that parent, which is the whole thing that set me off Friday morning, afternoon. Mm -hmm. It started in the morning and just went on through the afternoon. Jesus Christ. Yes. But when I was coming home Friday (laughs) night, there was a mother and a little daughter in the subway station. Okay. And she was working her way towards the place where you go and get your subway card to like, you know, get in and out of the, the terminal or whatever. And she was like one of those indecisive people where she's like, I think I need to get one, but I'm not really sure. So she kept kind of bobbling back between a turnstile and a thing. And it was during rush hour when tons of people were filling the station. Mm -hmm. And this guy was speed walking because the train had just come. He was walking towards the train. She was walking from the train. Okay. So she had not. Where is she going to go? Right. He was trying to get on the train so we can get home to wherever the hell he was going. And this mother wasn't looking. She was just dragging her daughter along by the hand. And the daughter was like, like how old? Yeah, maybe like three or four, like very, very young, mm-hmm. like just walking age, kind of, and had a pacifier in her mouth and everything. Mm-hmm. And this guy walked into the daughter because the mother was not paying attention at all, mm-hmm. and the mother just turned around immediately and was like, "Excuse me," and the guy just turned around and he was like, "What'd you say?" <laughs> and the mother's like, "I said, excuse me," and the guy was like. Yeah, good. And then he just, he goes, you made me miss my train. And then he just like booked down the stairs to get on the train. And I couldn't help but think, it's funny how this mother couldn't keep control of her kid and was able to call somebody out on it. But when she was blocking the train path, she couldn't say excuse me to him then. Like she was in the way and, and now it's this person's fault because she didn't have control of her little like rat on a leash. Oh my God. So it just sums up how like this whole issue came about for me where it was just like going, parents will just not take responsibility. The, the fact that they're just a bunch of assholes sometimes. Parents just don't understand. They just don't fresh Prince. They just don't. If you'd like to hear more of our shows, please check out both iTunes and SoundCloud. And you can always check out our web show, our website at highregardshow.com. Now I'm all tongue-tied because you're getting me flustered, for Christ's sakes. Because I brought up DJ Jazzy Jeff. I, I don't know if that's it or just the fact that it's whatever. Where can they find us on social media, Nikki? High Regard Show. On all social media. <laughs> like, is this a trick question? Well, you did your part. <laughs> and I'm going to drop Mike. <laughs> <laughs> Good night, everybody. Looking out a dirty old window. Down below the cars in this city go rushing by. I see.